Welcome to America's Commercial Real Estate Show, your source for intel, forecasts, and success strategies. Hello, I'm Michael Bull. Thank you for being with us. Well, this show is brought to you by Commercial Agent Success Strategies. Now, this is the ultimate video training. If you're an experienced commercial agent, visit commercialagentsuccess.com. Well, last week, I had the opportunity to attend the Realtors Land Institute's annual land conference in Nashville. What a great event. Good people, great networking, excellent education, and I appreciate the opportunity. I was the keynote speaker there and spoke on the top 10 success strategies for commercial and for land agents. What I'm going to bring you today is not what I spoke on, but four of the interviews I did on the conference floor. We're going to talk about a lot of things. You're going to hear from some great people, but you're, all, you're going to hear about some entitlement and zoning tips. Uh, we're going to talk about some conservation easements. And we're also going to talk about investing in timberland, which is really interesting. Uh, I've not sold timberland before, and uh, I found it very interesting. And then finally, talk about RLI, Realtors Land Institute, and what they are all about. Enjoy. Hello, Michael Bull here with America's Commercial Real Estate Show. We're at the Realtors Land Institute National Conference in Nashville. I have David Farmer with me. He's with Metro Forecasting Models. He just came off a presentation to the group about zoning and about entitlements. David, you know, this is a great group of folks uh, from all over the country yeah. who deal with a lot of land, a lot of realtors dealing with land. You know, in your presentation, what do you think was the, the biggest thing that kind of stood out as important to them? Well, I really think it's the issue of highest and best use. You know, Michael, highest and best use changes over time. And it's a, a, a common misconception out there that if I get a, an appraiser or someone to tell me the highest and best use today, that that's the same one that's going to be 15 or 20 years from now. And that's, that, that sometimes is not the case. Yeah, I mean, sometimes it can happen pretty fast. I think you gave an example of blockbusters, like one day they're all over the place, the next day they're just gone, right? Right, right. So yeah, 15 or 20 years ago, maybe highest and best use was a blockbuster video on a corner site. But today, because the technology has changed, they're no longer. Now there are new uses that are the high, highest and best use, and it, it pays uh, to be aware of that and make use of it to benefit your client. Right. And then also, it seems like you were mentioning earlier that when retailers were looking at demand, they were kind of looking at houses, but that might not be who you're selling to. Right. You know, so I'm from Southwest Florida, and we're one of the poster children for overbuilding. Yeah. And the problem is a lot of these retailers were, were measuring new rooftop permitting. And the problem is they found out that rooftops don't buy anything. It's the people inside them that buy something, Michael. So yeah. we want to make sure there are enough people there. Yeah. People are always the demand drivers. Yeah. Sometimes if you're in business to business, you can rely on business buying from you. But if you're if you're looking for demand in the marketplace, you want to see people in a growing population. Yeah, and when someone is going through a rezoning and and new entitlements for a property, maybe it's a change in use. There's a lot of skills and a lot of things that they need to think about. But what are a couple things that they might forget that they need to do? Okay, well, so one of the ones that I think is really important is, as much as possible, try to represent the project yourself, because when you bring in a hired gun, it makes you look like maybe like a bully, or like you're, maybe you're too afraid to stand up. People react very well to having the landowner or the developer actually represent themselves in their, their project, right? Who represents you better than you, right? Um, next, when you're going through the entitlement phase, uh, you need to make sure you've got a lot of dry powder because entitlements can take tens of thousands, even hundreds of th thousands of dollars and take years to accomplish. So make sure that you've got enough time in your schedule and powder in the can. Now, if you don't, that's okay, but you can market the project for, for a future developer to do that process on, and they can take the risk of it. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. And another point I think that you what was well made in your presentation was when you're talking about land contracts, 
Uh, there needs to be a certain date in there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not the Saturday night date. No, it's the closing <laughs> date. Uh, I wound up losing a project because uh, we didn't have an outside closing date in it. So I highly recommend, at your own peril, to have a closing date in there. It could be 10 years out, but make sure you have a closing date in the process and not contingent upon some action or some milestone like when I get the zoning or when this happens. Behind that, you need to say, or the year 2025, whichever comes first. Right. And that might seem uh, common, but there's a lot of contracts for land where uh, you're not closing until a certain zoning or a certain entitlement, uh, certain permits are done, and if they take a very long time, one, the seller may be upset it's taking too long, but it also the contract might not be enforceable because there's not a closing day, right? Correct. So the example I, ga I gave in, in, in the presentation was that we worked on a piece of property for four years, and then we went to the closing table, and they said, no, we can't, we're not going to close with you because you took too long in the process, and, uh, and they challenged the, the purchase contract and actually they won in arbitration and uh, I was no longer able to purchase that property and they sold it to someone else. Oh, yeah, and that's terrible. So what about forecasting demand, highs and best use and demand for a property because it seems like things change pretty quickly as you as you mentioned. What are some tips for trying to figure out demand for certain uses? Well, first of all, back to you want to make sure we're not measuring rooftops, but actually measuring people. And you want to make sure they're within a proximity because uh, if, if we're trying to figure out like the demand for a Rolex dealership, well, that's a very specific use and you might need a wide population to serve that. Whereas if I want to open up a 7-Eleven, well, that's more of a neighborhood type draw. So understand the kind of project you're doing. What's the population that's needed to support that? Yeah, yeah, that's a good tip. Well, David, any uh, tips to, for our listeners and viewers rated related to land, what you talked about today? Um, buy low, sell high, and make sure you understand, read your permits, and, and look for expiration dates, because many people don't understand it's like bread, they do go stale, and stay on top of them. Excellent, good work, thank you, Dave. Thank you. Video is powerful. Some of the biggest brands in commercial real estate have trusted us to tell their story. We are Barnes Creative Studios, premier commercial real estate video services. BarnesCreativeStudios.com. Are you a commercial real estate broker? Check out Apto, the leading web-based CRE software for managing contacts, properties, listings, and deals. Act on the information in your CRM to strengthen your relationships and grow your business. Visit apto.com slash CRE show. Michael Bull here with America's Commercial Real Estate Show. We're at the Realtors Land Institute Conference in Nashville, and we have Jim Davidson with us. He's a certified forester with Columbia Timber and Environmental Services. He's also a broker with United Country Land and Properties in Gainesville, Florida. And Jim, we're here at the Realtors Land Institute, their conference, a lot of land people investing in land, a lot of land brokers. Why should someone consider investing in forestry land and timber land? Forestry land and timberland, that's what we do. That's my forte. Uh, I love it. If you want a nice long-term play, if you want a nice investment, it's not going to spike up real high. It just kind of plods along. It gets about a 7 or 8% return a year. Uh, and you can, you can own it for five years. You can own it for 10 years. But it's a real good long-term investment. Good way to finance your kid's education. So how long, if I have a barren piece of land, does it take to grow these trees and harvest them? Two things. One, if you start with the seedling and you've got good quality soils, soils is everything in forestry. 
Good quality soils gives good growth with proper site prep and using genetically improved material, you can get a full pulpwood harvest in about 17 years. So that return is from the forest, from, from harvesting the trees, so you still own the land? You still own the land. Okay, still own the land. All right, and the typical time, all right, so what about, what, what should I look for? What are say the top three things I should look for if I'm investing? If you're investing in timberland, the number one thing we do is we look at mills. We do a mill analysis. We draw a 100-mile radius around the track. We say, what kind of mills are there? What kind of timber are they buying? And that's going to determine our management, and that's going to determine our price structure. Mill analysis, number one. Number two, as I alluded to a minute ago, soils. If you got lousy soils, you're not going to get good growth, and there's not much we can do. Good soils, even depleted wore-out soils, we can change that. We can modify those. Good soils, good growth. So market conditions, soils, and then third, landowner objectives. What does a landowner want to do? So what are they trying to implement? What are they trying to get out of this thing we call land? So those are the three things we start with. Okay. And what about the risk involved? You mentioned there could be some issues you got to watch out for. Uh, so how much risk is investing in it? Risk depends on the location of the property. I think the number one risk is having a mill closed down. Mill closed down, price goes down, you haven't got a lot of room to sell. So is the mill location, are the mills viable? Are they good companies, strong companies? So that's part of the mill analysis. That's actually the bigger risk. Unfortunately, most people think of Bambi and forest fires. Can your timber burn? Absolutely, so can your house. But if you were to look at the landscape today, you don't see very many tracks that have burned down. So fire would be another major thing. Insects are possible, but well-managed track, you don't have to worry about fire, you don't have to worry about insects. All right, Jim, thanks for joining us. All right, appreciate it. With ArborCrowd, you get to invest alongside real estate experts, sponsors who have a successful track record and skin in the game. It's as easy as one, two, three. Learn about the deals, make your investment, and grow your financial wealth. Visit ArborCrowd.com. Are you a real estate agent? Hi, this is Michael Bull. Would you like consistent high income? Would you like to be the top producer in your office? Would you like to be known as the go-to broker in your market? Well, I have something for you. Visit CommercialAgentSuccess.com. Are you looking to buy, sell, or lease commercial real estate? You're invited to contact Bull Realty for customized asset and occupancy solutions. Call 404-876-1640 or visit bullrealty.com. Hello, Michael Bull here with America's Commercial Real Estate Show. We're in Nashville at Realtors Land Institute National Land Conference. We have Gary Moore with us. Gary is an advisor with Southern Middle Tennessee Great Outdoors. And uh, Gary, I met you yesterday. We were talking about conservation easements. And I think uh, uh, I'd like to hit some of the highlights of a conservation easement. And, and you guys are helping people do those with their land. So tell us, why should someone do a conservation easement, a landowner? I've been working at this specifically for the last five years and several years before that. But what I'm seeing now is our age groups are getting older, the baby boomers. They own most of the land, and they have a sincere 
desire to see something about their land stay a land, a farm, a forest forever. And forever means that, uh, Michael. It means that it's going to stay that way till the end of time. Now, I've seen grown men break out in tears when they think about what great-grandpa or grandpa or somebody let them have their 200 acres, and now they're at a point in their life, what are they going to do with that 200 acres? Are they going to be able to pass it on down or sell it to someone? And hopefully they're going to keep it as a farm or a forest. So it starts with that head and that heart working together to decide to protect that farm from development, because that's what they're doing. They're saying no to my kids, your kids, everybody else's kids, that there will never ever be another mall or subdivision on that piece of property. But they can still use it for what? Farming. That's what we're wanting, number one. Agricultural use. That's If we're going to protect it to keep it as a farm, we want it used as a farm. If it's a forest, and I have to make sure I talk about forests because it's a lot of it in the United States now, there are people that want to see it managed very, very carefully to the point of, with really strict timber harvesting management plans, they can also harvest the timber. So I don't want anybody to think they cannot harvest their timber, but we're going to use some very good forestry planting to do that. Okay. And how about hunting? The land still be used for hunting? Sure. Uh, I've been asked sometimes, can you protect my fish, my deer, and my turkey? No, no one can do that. <laughs> so we don't interfere with the wildlife hunting rights or anything. That is up to who own, whoever owns that farm. Okay. And there's some tax advantages as well, right? Oh, that's a great incentive, and it's really driving it. These days, it became official in 2016. The new laws that the federal government through IRS has set forth, uh, it takes a little bit more time than this to talk about, but it's significant to the point that anyone who is, I talk about that proverbial fence in the middle of the road that can't make that final decision to do it or not, the income tax deduction, the federal income tax deduction, not the state, but the federal income tax deduction will help them get off the fence one way or the other decide if they want to use that tax deduction. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. Now, you're here at the National Conference for Realtors Land Institute. What would you say to people in the land business around the country uh, about the association and about the event? This is my first time and here as a presenter, and they gave me two presentations, so I can't think anything but great thoughts <laughs> just right off the bat. Yeah. And I've enjoyed being here. I've met a lot of people. The networking and partnering here is phenomenal. I've, I've been in USDA, uh, NRCS government for 37 years before I retired into this. So I've seen a lot of people, met a lot of groups, but this ranks near the top immediately with me and working with people that are really interested and they want to hear what you have to say. And then I think there's going to be several go home and try to apply it and maybe even give me a call for asking for more advice. Yeah, well, that's great. Well, Gary, thanks for sharing your wisdom. Okay, thank you, Mark. Check out Valuate, a real estate analysis program that can be easily shared with colleagues online to do what-if analysis. Visit GetValuate.com. That's GetValuate.com. Would you like access to invest in institutional quality commercial real estate with experienced sponsors with small amounts of money? Of course you would. Visit realcrowd.com. Choose between core, core plus, value add, or opportunistic. Visit realcrowd.com. Promote your business to the U.S. commercial real estate industry. Click advertise at the show website, CREshow.com.
Hello, Michael Bull here with America's Commercial Real Estate Show. We're at the Realtors Land Institute National Land Conference in Nashville. I have Jeremy Stevens with us. He's the 2018 President-Elect. He's also with National Land Realty in Little Rock, Arkansas. Jeremy, this has been a great event. You know, this is my first time here. The people were great. The training was great. The networking, uh, the festivities. Um, tell us, how, how did the event go this year compared to past events? And then what's in store for next year? You know, this year, Michael, the event, we had a 35% growth this year, so it's been phenomenal. Everyone I've spoken to has been just greatly elated with everything we've done from all the sessions with you kicking us off all the way through the training sessions. We're wrapping it up today with some economic speakers, uh, economists, so we're, we're just tickled to have what we've had accomplished. So looking forward to next year. Next year we'll be in Albuquerque, New Mexico for our 75th anniversary. Wow, so that's gonna be another big one. It's gonna be another big one, gonna be a little bit different setting. You know, here in downtown Nashville, a little more urban, we're going to a resort in Albuquerque, so a little, probably a little more laid back uh, resort, but uh, you know, we've done it before in another area and it was very successful, so we're looking forward to doing it again. Yeah, it was fun to be here in uh, Nashville, uh, good music and uh, it kind of adds to the enjoyment of the festivities. So talk to us a little bit about uh, the association and why people should be a member and who are the members? You know, RL Lives, the Realtors Land Institute, we are an affiliate of NAR, National Association of Realtors. Uh, we have a designation, it's called the ALC, which is Accredited Land Consultant. Our members are brokers from coast to coast, border to border, land brokers, and they broker farmland, agricultural, timber land, uh, development land, so anything to do with land, you know, we, we want them to be part of our organization. Uh, we have a voice in the government. We just had a session. We just completed updating all our members with what's going on in Washington, if anybody really knows what's going on in Washington. <laughs> but uh, it, we provide a voice in Washington for our members. We provide education through our uh, education system what we're actually revamping right now and then we have uh, networking like events like this with the networking and I meet people every time I come to this I always take two or three deals away every year so it's, it's always just a phenomenal experience yeah that's great and you guys had that deal making session so tell us more about the LC ALC designation what does it take to get it and uh, what does it mean for the folks who have it ALC designation, it's a pretty strenuous training. Uh, it takes six courses. We have three core courses that we have that are developed and on our core standards. Then they have a, electives, so just like you're taking college courses, you have to take some electives that fulfill your personal needs of what you're trying to do, or if it's something outside of what you want to do, you want to gain some knowledge. Then you have to have a book of business of $10 million to be able to apply. You have to fill out uh, basically some narratives, answer some questions, and you go in front of our board uh, and they review all your information. And if you've passed your exams and passed, uh, done all your fulfillments, then you'll be granted the designation. What it means to be is to be part of a group that are the best of the best. I mean, uh, the ALCs we always consider, they have the knowledge, they have the training, they have the experience. That's the go-to person when you know, a buyer, seller, investor is looking to buy or sell land. Yeah, you know me, you know, I, I really strongly recommend all the education and training that we can all get and, and stay on top of things. So I think that's real important. So I know a lot of land brokers who are not members, and I think maybe they don't realize the benefits they'll get. So what surprises people when they become a member? Probably the first thing that surprises people is the networking. 
This is a very, very tight-knit group. Like I said, we're, we're tw a little over 1,200 members. We're coast to coast, but we're a tight-knit group. I know people in every state that I can call up. The trust value, if I have someone call me and says, you know, we've inherited some land in California, and we don't know anyone out there. Mm -hmm. I said, I can help you. I can pick up the phone. If somebody I know, they're an ALC, they're in our organization, they'll take care of you. And I don't have to worry about that. That's probably the first thing that most people realize. Then it's the education that we provide. It provides information to them that's not available in other places. Uh, and it's just kind of a one-stop shop. And then, like I said, they become part of the, the network, and uh, everything is, uh, is, uh, is always you know, very, very good for all of us. Yeah. And having a land expert here on the show, I've got to ask you, you know, what's kind of the latest with land or anything kind of changing in the last year? Is it a seller's market, buyer's market? There, is, is deregulation made any changes in, in the uh, business? You know, it's always very regional. There's some areas right now where it's clearly a, a seller's market. There's areas that are a buyer's market. A lot of areas are a lot hotter than others. Uh, the ag markets are always a little bit tight right now. It's probably tightest inventory. I've been selling selling land for 15 years, and it's probably the tightest inventory that we've had, uh, just strictly because there's not that much available. But some of the uh, other types of land, transitional development land, has been very, very exciting for a lot of our brokers. Uh, and you know, there are many of our brokers had record year this year. So uh, regulation coming forward, new farm bill coming down this year, could make some changes, could affect land values from the agricultural side. Uh, as the economy keeps going, I think we're going to still see in development land transition for more uh, commercial properties, uh, industrial type properties. So uh, it's an exciting time to be in the land business. Well, hopefully we'll all keep doing the Snoopy dance. Jeremy, great information. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Michael. Thanks and, for having me. And a, and a great event. Thanks for having me. Well, I hope you enjoyed the interviews from Realtors Land Institute Annual Conference in Nashville. I had a great time. I'd like to thank the leaders there and everyone uh, for having uh, me there to speak as the keynote speaker. And uh, we really enjoyed the conference. And, uh, and we'll have a great show next week. And until then, be sure you always lead, learn, and laugh. And join us for America's Commercial Real Estate Show. America's Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Bull Realty, Asset and Occupancy Solutions, Arbor Crowd, invest alongside real estate experts, Get Valuate, online investment analysis, Real Crowd, crowdfunding with the professionals, by Apto, brokerage software to manage your contacts, properties, listings, and deals, commercialagentsuccess.com, better serve clients, earn more commissions. For more information on these great companies, visit CREshow.com. And you're invited to subscribe to the show on YouTube and iTunes and connect with us on your favorite social media.